Welcome to the Questions of Life podcast. I'm Kath, and I'm joined by Donald. Hello. But also this evening, it is exciting. We have brought the average age down by about 50. We have Sam That's and harsh. Deb with us, getting down with the kids, getting down with the young people. Hello. They are here to help us out because tonight we are looking at the whole area of social media. Now, there's lots that's good about it. There's lots to be celebrated and ways that we should be uh, embracing it and engaging with it. But there's lots that we have questions about. Is it helpful? Is it unhelpful? Uh, what does it say about us and our faith? So we're hoping to answer lots of questions and to speak into that this evening. Now, one of the things we wanted to do with tonight was to have a range of ages and to have a range of different experiences and perspectives on social media. So, Donald, we know who you are, so we don't need to explain that. You are our wonderful team leader. Tell us about your interaction with social media and why you are the way that you are. Well, that's probably a session for another night, <laughs> isn't it? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I don't engage, have never, ever been engaged. I've never had Facebook or Twitter or any other platform. I uh, am in a WhatsApp group with my children. That's it. Um, so, so in that sense, I don't engage with social media at all. Uh, that started out as a a choice that's become more and more deliberate in my mind. I think there are fundamentally two reasons for me. Uh, it's not that I think every Christian should do the same. In fact, I think it would be unhelpful. If every, and we're going to hear all the positives and all the good ways of being involved. So I'm not saying that Christians shouldn't be involved at all. But for me, there are two reasons not to be involved. The first is, uh, well, they're connected. I don't like people knowing and judging me. I really find being judged very, very difficult mentally. And I don't like people talking about me. And I can't see any reason why I would want to give anybody any information that they can then discuss, forward, pass on about me. Now, I know that my life is public and I do all these things and people doubtless talk about me lots and lots of times. And Mentally, I can't cope with knowing what that, that is being said. Mm -hmm. I just know I couldn't cope. So I don't want to engage with it at all. I don't want to know what people think about me mm. other than people who I'm in a face-to-face -face relationship with. And the second reason which is connected to it is that I have a deep mistrust of my own nosiness. And I think one of humanity's fallen sins, things that are damaging to us, is we like to know other people's business. And the reason we usually like to know other people's business is we are hoping that they are not as good as us or that they are more unhappy than us. With our immediate family, we're delighted with their good news. But there's probably only three or four people in most of our lives, for most people, who we're delighted to hear their good news. For the rest of us, we're kind of irritated by their good news. We're really <laughs> pleased to hear their bad news. And I, I recognize that sin within me and that sense of judging mm -hmm. and that sense of making myself feel better yeah. by feeling, well, I, I am better than that person. And I think often the root of nosiness is I want to feel better than somebody and I don't mm -hmm. like that feeling in me. So I don't engage in it at all. And I guess linked to that, and the final thing I'll say is that I, I 
I experience in my job people who I would say overshare. In other words, in a lot of, in just normal life, people who tell too many people or the wrong people information that they're not safe because they've overshared that. And that happens in real life. It happens in church life where I will get, have you heard this? And you think you, should, you really shouldn't be telling those 10 people. And I think oversharing is a problem that all of us face. We're tired, we just say something, and then we think, oh, I wish I hadn't told that person that information because that person is not trustworthy mm. with the information I've told them. I fear social media exacerbates that and that, that people get hurt because they, they share something in a moment of weakness that they can't take back and they wish they hadn't shared. And so part of me wants to just not be part of that pain. I don't want to read something and think, oh, and it's selfish. I don't want to read something and think, you really shouldn't have said that. Mm. Because it just distresses me and I feel grief-stricken on their behalf that that's just a crazy mm. thing to have said. It's a bit like when I was a youth worker, you used to have teenagers that would say things and you think, if you say that, you're going to get bullied. And I used to, I, I, it would grieve me. And I... I don't want to read people saying things that I know are going to cause them hurt in the future. So that I don't want to read it, and I don't want people to talk about me. Okay, just as you've said that, before I come to you, Sam, uh, I've very quickly got a very first uh, question in, so thank you. Keep them coming in. Uh, if Donald doesn't like social media, how does he feel about the church having social media? Uh, I think it's good, but there are quite a number of um, boundaries and conditions that we as a leadership wanted to be in place. Yeah. So that around supervision, around open formats, around what is posted, who's given permission for what is posted, about whether things are discussed, and all of that. Great. And I trust you and Deb hugely. Oh, it's Deb mainly that does it all. Just to say that you're not on social media, but you are very much in touch with the news and all of those things that are going on in the world. So you've not got your head uh, under the pillow. No, no. Know anything else. So you, you're in touch with the world, but you just access news in a different way. Yes, yeah, so make I that subscribe clear. to uh, emails, uh, our news emails, and I um, have notifications from the BBC and, and other... We can talk about all that in the future. But yeah, I I'm not immune, I'm not cold, uh, cut off from yeah. the online world. In fact, I spend a lot of time online. It's the social media bit that I don't engage yeah. with. Perfect. Okay, so you're at this end of the scale. A bit further up, we have Sam. Sam, just tell people who you are and what you do first. Yes, my name's Sam. Um, I work with the uh, young people of the church. So anybody aged from 11 to 18. Um, and yeah, I mean, my... <clears throat> sort of relationship with social media has been well it's been quite long now I was trying to think the other day when I was sort of prepping for this what like the first social media like thing was and doubtless I'll have somebody tell me what it is probably if anybody does know then, then message it in but I remember using uh, MSN Messenger I don't know whether anybody remembers that. I remember that, yeah. And um, that was like the first thing, I think, for me that, was, that felt like real social media. You could post mm -hmm. a status, mm -hmm. you could chat with your friends, you could tell people what you were doing. So that was like way back in the day. And then uh, MySpace was the next thing that oh I had, gosh, yes. which was uh, massive for me. I was on MySpace all the time. 
used to spend ages trying to take photos so they looked just right and all sorts of stuff like that. <laughs> I was awful. I was absolutely <laughs> dreadful. Uh, this was when I was about probably about 16, 17, that sort of age. Then I got Facebook and I had Twitter for a little while uh, and I had Instagram <clears throat> and I've used more recently Snapchat. Um, I don't, I use Snapchat for probably about two or three days before I realised I needed to get rid of it because I just really didn't think it was a very good thing. I'll talk about that a little bit later on. <laughs> For me, personally, it wasn't a very good thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I also decided probably about four or five years ago now to come off Facebook as well. Um, uh, for those that don't know me as well, I've, I've, I have suffered with a bit of, sort of anxiety in my life and that's been a mental health issue that I've had from sort of my late teenage years. And I think I realised probably about four or five years ago that social media was contributing to that quite a lot. And it was making me feel anxious, particularly Facebook. I think I resonated with a lot of what Donald was just saying. Um, the feeling of people watching me, judging me, trying to figure out whether my life is sort of meets the mark or not. Um, I think just built up and built up. And also for me, another thing I resonated with is just taking in a lot of other people's information what people are doing, how people are feeling, just the overload of that all the time, whether it's, I don't know, sitting on the loo, doing whatever, scrolling up and down Facebook or whatever it was, just taking in all that information just, I think, exhausted me mm. <clears throat> and made me feel, yeah, it just increased my anxiety for a number of different reasons. So I made the decision to come off that, made the decision to stay on Instagram, didn't actually think that affected me that much in that way. Um, and use that a little bit now. Uh, I don't use it that much. I use it more of a kind of like a photo diary, I suppose, remembering different things. Um, at the moment, I take pictures of my bike and my children and my family. That's about it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so just as a little kind of photo diary, I use that. And um, yeah, and I mean, like emails, YouTube is another big one, I think. YouTube is another massive one. So watch videos on YouTube and different things. Um, say again. Yeah, Strava's an interesting one, actually. Talking, um, so Strava, for those of you that don't know what Strava is, you, you sort of, if you do any exercise on a bike or run, you sort of track where you go and what you do. And just Donald then talking about um, people judging you and looking into what you're doing, I think that's something which is really interesting for me. The competitive element kind of comes out in me. I see that somebody else has done a ride faster, and not to name any names, somebody who might be a lot significantly older than me, <laughs> uh, who works for the church, who <laughs> is very, very fit for his age and a fantastic cyclist. And if I see like what other people are doing, sometimes it can make me feel like, well, I want to get fitter, which is great and really mm. helpful. But sometimes it can bring in um, perhaps a negative side, which mm. is, um, for, yeah, again, bringing that anxiety, bringing that feeling of what well, people are watching what I'm doing, they're judging it, they're kind of, mm. so Strava's an interesting one. Um, yeah. So, and, and YouTube, again, is, is another really interesting one, I think, as well, just in terms of, um, yeah, sort of the video, watching videos all the time and that type of thing. Some of the young people that I work with talk about celebrities now that I have never heard of. <laughs> and I think that this is something that's really, really interesting nowadays, that back in the day, I think even 10, 15 years ago, if somebody didn't mentioned a celebrity you'd, and they were well known, you'd have a fairly you know, mm. solid idea that you know who it was. And nowadays, kids mention people and I haven't got mm. a clue who they are. Mm. And I just think it's so vast. There's so much going on. There's so many different videos. Mm. Um, so, yeah, but I do, I do still use YouTube for various different things. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my relationship with it and what has been for the last sort of 15 years or so.
Perfect. Uh, I'm just going to jump in here and tell you mine. So you've got Donald, you've got Sam, then you've got me here, and we'll come on to Deb in a moment. So I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I very rarely post anything. And I think that's because um, I've had some really awkward conversations with people about my life and them judging me. So I remember once when I drove into the church car park, someone commented on my car and that as a, as a Christian and a church worker, I shouldn't have that car. And that stuck with me. That's something that's really burnt me. And so I have this thing of, I don't want to share my life online. So I go online to see what everyone else is doing. Uh, Twitter's my main one. Twitter is the worst of all. There's just such negativity on it. But there's just something about that that, I don't know, I'll look at that every day. Snapchat, I've got a streak of, I think, 1,600 with Ruth Williams. All appropriate. There's nothing inappropriate about, you know, anything that we do. Just a way of saying, hi, how are you doing? This is what's going on in my day. Getting down with the kids. I'd never heard of it. Uh, until someone, a young person told me. So I don't post anything. I like to find out stuff. So particularly Christianity, social justice. I always like the pictures that you and Deb post. Uh, always uh, amuse me and great to see your family. So I'm probably somewhere here, just past you, Sam. Uh, but Deb, tell us your relationship with social media. It's interesting that I've been put on the other side of Kath because I don't have half of those things, but <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand Twitter, although I run the church one. But um, <laughs> yeah, I do. don't like that. But I... <laughs> do have Instagram and Facebook, and unlike Kath, I do post. Um, was I meant to say who I am? Go for it. I'm Deb. <laughs> I'm the discipleship worker here at the church. Um, and you're married to each other. And I'm married to Sam, yeah. That's why they're sitting next to each yeah. other in a bubble. Yeah, we're yeah. in a bubble. Yeah. Um, so I do post on both of them, and I see it almost... So I grew up in Brazil. I was a missionary kid, and then I did international development at uni. So a big part of my learning and my upbringing was about um, living in different cultures, um, different languages, all that kind of thing. And I see social media almost as a foreign place that I'm going into. I've now been in there a while, so I've kind of culturalized, or whatever the word is, um, quite a lot, but I see it like that. There's a foreign language, there are hostile um, factors and, in, and environments, there are unhelpful things. There are also things that bless me and, and people that um, contribute um, are good things and stuff, but I also see it as a kind of a place to, in the Christian terms, that we would call um, salt and light. So I see it as somewhere that there are a lot of people living their lives there, which I don't personally think it's the best thing, but there are a lot of people living their lives there, and I see it as something somewhere I can be um, and put positive things and see positive things. Um, so I see it as a bit of a mission field in a sense. I also use it because I've lived abroad and gone to uni, gone to two different schools in different parts of the country and stuff. Um, it's a really easy way of staying in touch um, with those people. So if I happen to get, see, like I've been to other countries and stuff and I've just messaged someone on there that I haven't seen for five years and then met up with them for a coffee or whatever because I love staying in touch and all that and it, it's just a really easy way to do that. Um, and all the people in Brazil as well, seeing their photos of where I grew up and all that kind of thing. It's just, and them seeing my children growing mm. up and things. So it's just a really, and WhatsApp for staying in touch with family um, mm. who are abroad and things like that. So for me, yeah, it's a bit of both. It's a bit for me, it's a bit for relationships, it's a bit, I, I see it as a, a place where I can put 
good stuff and cheer people up and things like that. Not always. Sometimes fun things I think are funny aren't <laughs> necessarily funny. I think also with the thing about um, good news, there are a lot more than three people for me. I love good news. Yes. I revel mm. in it. Tick of the tiger. You're a much nicer person than me. <laughs> no, she's I don't know about that. I, more I, of an extrovert. I feel more like Donald, I think. I, und I understand what you mean. <laughs> it's maybe the extrovert, introvert type mm, thing, yeah, but I love good news and I love seeing a happy post. I love seeing a pretty post. Um, yeah, I was going to... We'll come on to it in a bit, but beauty is a huge thing. No, for I do want to hear good news, and I, but it's also like I don't want to hear bad news. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't mind that hmm. so much. Okay, I'm going to do a little quiz just to say, uh, Steve has sent a message in. Steve, I'm going to read it a little bit later on, uh, your question, because it fits in in the second half of our discussion. So I've not forgotten you, Steve. Uh, you, you're still there. So we thought we'd do a little bit of a quiz on social media. You know, at times I like to quiz Donald and really humiliate him. So question number one for all of you. This is really easy, Donald. What is the most used form of social media in the world? Does it include emails? Not including emails. And I've taken out Messenger and things like that. And WhatsApp. So just if email and YouTube are social media, then I am on social media because I watch YouTube it's, and email. I was going to say, well, you're oh, all YouTube as well. Yeah. I'm yeah. afraid <laughs> <laughs> right, I am. OK, then we're breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Donald yeah. is on social media. I do watch media. YouTube. So which platform do you think is the most popular in the world? I, I would go Facebook. Facebook? I would say YouTube if it's on there. Does that count? Yeah, you're both fine, yep. Deb? I think I'd go Facebook. Okay, number one, Facebook, 2,701 million. Ooh. Second is YouTube, uh, 2,000 million. Then we've got Instagram and TikTok. We're not talked about TikTok. Oh, TikTok, yeah. My life. That baffles me. I don't even understand. No, I don't get TikTok. I find that hilarious, but I'm not on it. <laughs> Snapchat's come in at 10 and Twitter at 15. Okay. How much time does the average adult in the UK spend on social media a day? How much time do we think? Are we talking about on your phone or, or just social media? So we're not talking about looking at websites or whatever, or does that count? Go, yeah, go for that as well. Put it all in the same mix. Two hours. You're going two hours. Three hours, 15 minutes. Five. It's actually one hour, 42 minutes. Oh, oh that's good. Yeah. I know. Just give me faith in you, man. I know. So Deb's in the lead so far. I was including watching videos and things. Mm. Okay. Netflix. By what age are most people on social media in the UK? 13. I'd say 14, yeah. Four, yeah. Yeah, 14. Are you not supposed to be 16? Oh, For most of them, absolutely, but it's mm. irrelevant. Okay, well, then it would be less than 16. Okay, you're going to go for a number? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like higher or lower. What was that 14. game for? 14. Right. That's it. Actually, 12. That is the age that, <laughs> that most people on social media. Okay, finally, how much money is spent on media advertising on UK social media? So this is in the UK. How much money is spent on advertising? I'm not very good with money. <laughs> I can't even think what would be it. Yeah, I don't know, like what we're saying, like five billion. You're going five billion? Yeah, four billion. Four billion. 4.5 billion. <laughs> okay, <laughs> last year, 3.6 billion pounds was spent uh, on media advertising just in the UK alone, which is absolutely mental. 
So it tells us that there are lots of people that are interacting with social media. In the UK, 43.5 million people are on Facebook. 30.6 uh, million are on Instagram. 22.74 are on Twitter. So that's a lot of people. There's quite a lot of crossover, I would imagine, people being on uh, mm. lots of the same platforms. But that's a lot of people in our country. So we want to speak into that. We're questions of life. We want to uh, look at it from not just a life, but a Christian perspective as well. And one of the things that we talk about, Donald, in questions of life is being a church that's relevant and trying to work out how do we apply and how do we live out Christianity in our everyday lives. And one of the things we talk about is that Christianity isn't just for, for Sundays. It isn't about being good for one day of the week. One of our uh, ethoses as a church is trying to live it out 24-7. And that has an impact and, and kind of feeds into social media as well. Social media shouldn't just be something that's uh, not for, for my Christian faith but it should be part of that whole ideal of being a Christian means 24-7, whatever we're doing. Do you want to just speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, I want to reiterate what I said at the beginning. I don't think social media is wrong. I think it's not for me in the sense of posting about myself and reading about people I know. I think if we're talking about the internet, that's a separate area. I'm a lot involved in the internet and use that a lot. So I don't want to say that people shouldn't be on social media, which is why I think the church should have those accounts. I think that it's really helpful, as you say, to just think that we're following Jesus is, is not something you do in public on a Sunday. It's, it's, a, it's a commitment of our life to say, I want to live a life like you. Mm. So some of the values of Jesus are... So one of the ways God is described is slow to anger, abounding in love gracious and merciful, compassionate. So I guess I would want to say in all that we do, we need to be representing God in that way, slow mm -hmm. to anger, non-judgmental. Mm -hmm. I think there are, there's a lot we've talked about before about truth, mm -hmm. that we must make sure that what we say is true and, even if, and that we don't pass on what we don't know yeah. isn't true. I think there's a lot in the Bible about gossip, mm and how destructive that is. And if any of us have been the victims of gossip or the victims of something going viral, and, you know, I, I've listened to some people talking about what that experience is like when something you say is suddenly hundreds of thousands of people are commenting on it and how painful that is. So I think a, a, a representative Jesus is wanting to bring the attributes of Jesus into that life and that mm. place. There is, a, I think, a reasonably helpful thing that's quite old-fashioned in a way. We, we used to say, what would Jesus do? Mm. And I think it's kind of helpful to just say, would Jesus say this? Would he watch this? And would he encourage somebody else mm. to hear this? Mm. And that's probably a good place to go. Perfect. And we'll pick up on some of that in the second half of what we're talking about. We thought we would start with the positives. So we thought we'd look at, it's easy to, to trash these things and it's all rubbish, but it's not. There's, there's some good things about it. So Deb, what do you think is helpful about social media? And you've picked up on this a little bit in your explanation of how and why you've used it in your life. Um, yeah, I think um, for one, it expands horizons. So um, I make a conscious decision to follow um, certain people who I wouldn't come into contact 
<clears throat> with in daily life, um, who may be different for whatever reason. Um, but I do think with all these positives, there are caveats. So you need to check who they are. You need to mm. look up, see what they are. And also be aware that when you're reading their stuff, not to just take it all in. Um, but I find it really interesting to see how people come at things from a different angle from me. It just opens my eyes. I might not agree with them, but mm. it, it, it's helpful for me. Um, also for sharing ideas, um, news, awareness quite widely and quite quickly. So it might be something... As, li as small as, you know, it's snowed, um, don't come to church, the, ho the hill's blocked. Unless you're walking, don't come to church. Mm. Um, or it might be something like, you know, have you seen what's going on in Yemen? Um, here's mm. a good place to go to find out more. Um, you can do this to help, yeah. something like that. And, and it's, it's just quite a, a good way to do that, I guess. Mm. Um, but again, you have to check. It's not fake news. You have to check your sources, all mm. of that kind of thing. Um, and I would, if I'm sharing a certain news thing or, or that kind of thing, I would always check it mm -hmm. out, outside of social media, um, wherever that might be. Um, and keeping in touch, I've already talked about that, um, but they're all, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just want to keep in touch through there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have to because I don't see them for years or whatever, mm -hmm. um, but if it's someone in Sutton, I wouldn't. That wouldn't be my sole mm. thing. Um, making people smile. Mm. I think it's, you know, particularly during the pandemic. I mean, it is a bit different now. Um, but it might be my own stupidity. It might be my kids' antics, whatever <laughs> it might be. And like I said, not everyone would find the same things funny. Um, but it's just a bit of lightheartedness. Mm. Um, and then the last thing's beauty, which I touched mm. on before. Sharing things that I think are beauty beautiful um, and that I'm grateful for, but also seeing what other people have seen. So like um, Astro Journey, um, where a member of our church looks at, um, takes okay. photos of the night sky in a way that I have absolutely no idea how he does it. I read the things, it sounds like another language, I've no idea how he does it, but beautiful mm. images um, of the night sky and things like that, that kind of thing, um, mm. or other countries and places and things. Mm. I, I love that kind of thing. I love mm. pretty, pretty pictures. Mm. Um, do have to keep in mind that it is the pretty side of life that goes on there. Mm. But I like, yeah. Mm. So I think all of those things are things that I appreciate. Anyway. One of the things I find really helpful about it as well is the speed with which you've talked about communicating, but you can bring about change. So if I think about Marcus Rashford, his whole campaign on uh, children's meals, whether you agree with it or not, mm. the way he went about it was in a, in a very gentle and gracious manner and yet that got momentum and momentum and there's something positive about social media when it gathers momentum more and more people hear about it far quicker do you remember the, on the negative side as well but yeah yeah do you yeah. remember the ice bucket challenge yeah mm -hmm. i mean that raised loads of money yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. great fun and that some things just positively take off as well mm. as negatively yeah. so there's a there's a flip side to it so there are lots of positives that, that we can draw from it in what ways do you think we can use social media to share our faith? And this is both for both Sam and Deb. Yeah, I think just on, on the back of what we've just been talking about there, I think given the year we've just had, it's been amazing for our church, social media really, to be able to put the live streams out on YouTube and people access it through mm -hmm. that, um, putting stuff up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those types of things. So I think it definitely, and I think just again, say again what, what Deb and, and Donald have said, 
I have to remind myself to, to talk about the positives when we're talking about the positives. But just because of the experiences that I've personally had with social media, again, doesn't mean that I don't think people should use social media. And to definitely doesn't mean I don't think people should use social media to share their faith. I think it's a fantastic platform in so many ways to do so many things. And I think what Deb just said is exactly right. Where there's a pro, there's always mm -hmm. a, another side to that. And I think one of the first thing I put down with this is it is a way to access a lot of people very quickly. And I know mm. we've just we've just said that. That comes with that's great when you're saying the right thing, mm. and it's something that you want to get out to a load of people. And we've just touched on that. It's not so great when you're saying things that aren't you don't you don't want loads of people to see. Mm. But a good example of that, a friend of ours posted something on um, her Instagram story a few weeks ago just asking her friends and family and people she has on, on Instagram um, what they felt about God, what their experiences were, what their questions were, what their doubts were. And I think got like over 40 responses, 40 different responses from different people. And that opened up for them conversations with people they wouldn't have had conversations with before and opened up the chance to answer questions and all sorts of different things. So I think for things like that, if you've chosen to use a so your social media in that way and you can handle that, mm -hmm. that's absolutely fantastic. What, mm -hmm. like, what an opportunity that is to be able to talk to people in that way. Um, I think, again, we can challenge ourselves on stuff to behave in a loving way and in, a, in, in the right way, and that will share our faith with other people, the way that we behave, the way that we act. Um, the things that we say, the way that we speak in conversations, the way that we comment, do we bring encouragement and love and kindness into people's lives? Yeah. That will share our faith. I think we, you know, we often share our faith, don't we, with our actions far more than we do with anything we say to people. Absolutely. So I think actually the way that we behave on it will share our faith naturally. And I think there, the other thing to say, and this, come, this will come in later as well, is that there are people on my social media that massively spur me on in my faith. Mm. And because they share their faith, that then encourages me. Mm. So it's like, you know what I mean? I think that when somebody does choose to, and I say can handle that, sharing their faith in that way on those platforms, it can really have a positive effect mm. on other Christians and non-Christians and get the information out to a really wide group mm. of people. So I think there's, there's all sorts of opportunities to, to, mm. to share. Mm. Yeah. Brilliant. I think I'd... I'd agree and want to emphasize the whole thing that I think actually sharing our faith on social media a lot of it is about how not what how yeah. we do it how we okay. act on social media um, the words we use the comments we make or don't make um, all of that is huge how we interact with people um, I think for me um, a big part of how I would share my faith would be my own journey on things. So I would share my thinking behind something that I'm trying to work out. And the reason for that, and it's not, is that I wouldn't want to come in from an arrogant perspective. It comes back to the whole um, missionary analogy that I wouldn't want to go into another country and tell them what to do. Um, in that kind of direct sense, it's more about, I am working this through. So let's take creation care, for example. I'm working this through. And I'd want to acknowledge, and I struggle with this, um, and I haven't got it all sorted out. But, you know, I've, I've, this has been really good. This has been really helpful. Or, you know, what would you do about this? Or um, I have questions. Um, 
So I think it's acknowledging that we're not perfect. I wouldn't want anyone to think I have all the answers or that I'm perfect or in any way that kind of thing because it's just setting yourself up for a fall mm. more than anything. Um, but also, um, I think making sense, I, it puts me off when people use jargon. So for sharing your faith, I'd want to make it make sense. So for me, like creation care, I might say, you know, I feel this is important because of my faith, because of this, this, this. But it would be more than that. I would mm. want it to, you know, like when you go into another country and speak their language, mm. I'd want it to be in my own words, but more than that, I'd want it to be in their words. I'd want yep. the person reading it to be able to understand. So, um, mm. yeah, so that, that's an important thing, the language um, and not preaching at people, because mm. I don't think that's the place. And I personally wouldn't choose anything that's a really emotionally hot topic, mm. particularly if it's something I haven't been through. Mm. Um, I'm quite happy to have those conversations, but in person or mm. in a, even in a private message, that's all right. I, you know, to a certain extent, I'll have that, I'd rather it in person. Um, but I'm happy to have those conversations. I just wouldn't, because I think it ends up being, if it's in public and you're commenting, people start commenting on either side and it starts polarizing and no one changes their mind. It just becomes a big argument. Um, it doesn't help anyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so mm. I would avoid that with anything, but yeah. faith stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think just, sorry, just quickly on that. I think, yeah, just remember to stand the positives and not the negatives. Cause, uh, but I think there is so much lost doing something over a, a screen to somebody else in terms of communicating. 100%. And I think that when we're sharing our faith, we have to just remember positively, love, kindness, all that type of thing. Because I think we just have to be aware that the way that we want to say something might not be the way that somebody will take it reading it on the other side. So I think that that's just a really big thing to remember whenever posting anything that we want to be positive or we want to engage somebody in a conversation, knowing that it might not be read like that on the other side. Just one more thing. Personally, if I was sharing something about my faith or a topic that I, you know, was linked to it, whatever, anything that's a bit deeper than just, oh, this is me having a bit of fun or all my kids doing something silly, I never post it on the day. I might think of it and I'll mull it over in my head and then I'll write it down, and then I'll read it through, mm -hmm. because I just think it's so easy to get yeah. misconstrued. Mm. I think it's a really important point. And I think the point as well about we're judged not always on what we say, but on our lifestyle and on mm. our reactions, the things that we like, the things that we follow, uh, it's just as telling, I think, and communicates mm. possibly more often than the words that, that, that we say. That's really helpful. And Sam, just pulling on from that, because you mm. were talking about uh, some Christians that encourage you, just talk a little bit about how social media can help us in our faith, can help us grow and develop and be challenged and just be a helpful tool. Yeah, I think being a youth worker, I'm working with predominantly the kids that are engaging with all this stuff a lot. And I think there are a lot of great resources. So a load of really great things. I think if you look at something like YouTube, you have to be careful what you choose to watch. You have to always look it up and, and, and check that it's fine, I think, before you, um, or talk to somebody about it as well, talk to somebody at your church or whatever, if you're gonna use it in that way. But I think daily devotionals, um, really, really fantastic. Again, I talked just before about people who spur me on. So just, it helps me grow in my faith, seeing the encouragement 
like from what other people are doing and you know wanting to be better myself and grow close to God myself because of seeing what other people are doing I think in a way that's kind of like the positive side of not comparing yourself to others but being encouraged by seeing mm. what other people are doing yeah um, I think it, that's that's a massive thing. What kind of people do you follow and, and have, would have that oh, so, influence on you? I mean, so there's a number of people. I wouldn't want to name specific people from church because there are definitely people who used to be <laughs> members of our church who are on social media. And I know it's all positive, but they do, they do fantastic things and I wouldn't particularly want to name them just because I haven't spoken to them about whether I can or not. But um, there are people on Instagram that used to come, to, particularly a couple of people who used to come to our church who are now have, have gone off to different places uh, to... Yeah, to do different things that definitely spur me on, mm -hmm. seeing what they're doing. So they're relationship-based, um, so you know them already. I know those people, yeah, Just yeah, not yeah. like a big super Christian no, superstar. No, no, but then I have followed different things on YouTube for times, like videos and different things. I must admit, I did start um, watching um, some sermons from uh, a different church, a church over in the States, and when I looked into the background of that church, I actually decided to stop yeah. um, just because of a few things that I found out about that church that just unsettled me. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm quite big myself on if my spirit feels unsettled, if I feel unsettled about anything, mm -hmm. I always check it yeah. and, then, and then make sure. Um, and to be honest, I've, I've stopped doing things and I've stopped using stuff because my spirit's felt unsettled. And it doesn't mean that I stop using it forever because mm. sometimes I might go back to doing mm. certain things like an example, which isn't social media based, but with my Xbox playing games, I had a six month break one time where I just didn't play on it. And that was because I was feeling unsettled about it and how much I was, well, not how much I was playing on it, but every single time I came off it, I would feel not great. I felt unsettled. So I, I, I left it for a while and then I came back to it and I felt absolutely fine. I felt no problem playing. Um, and now we've got a Nintendo Switch and we play with the kids and it's absolutely fine. So it's not that you come off something forever. But I think if you apply that to social media, mm -hmm. if something is unsettling, that it's, it's just a good idea to check it. And I think I've done that on YouTube. I also use an app called YouVersion, which is kind of social media based, which is basically a Bible app where you can show other people what plans you're following. I've done two plans so far this year on YouVersion, Bible plans. And um, John T, a youth worker that used to work here, sees what I read and I see what he reads. He's actually the only person that I follow on there. Um, but, you know, that's a helpful thing for me as well. Uh, just other resources that are kind of social media based. And I think just using it again and I said before to challenge yourself to, to to live in the right way and to behave in the right way and using it for that purpose and challenging yourself to do that I think is another way that you can grow as well yeah there's loads of opportunities on there oh yeah I'm on you version and I got yesterday um, some random bloke wanted to do a bible study with me <laughs> <laughs> So, so I said no. Um, okay, I've got messages flying in, which is absolutely brilliant. Uh, Mike Newport, good evening, Mike. He said, I often found that thinking and working through an attempt to post on Facebook has resulted in not posting. This has usually helped me understand the impact of what I was trying to say. So Deb, mm -hmm. that's picking up yeah, on what you said. Great. That's really good. Kath Bogle, good evening to you, Kath. She says, what's wrong with your car? I like it, thank you. Um, and then she said... <laughs> I find social media like an addiction. You don't need it, it's not beneficial, but you just can't resist. I give it up frequently like you do dry January. You feel like you miss out on social events if you aren't on it mm. though. So there's a sense that the good side of it, you, you, you kind of miss out. And then Steve Evans, 
Evening, guys. Lovely to see two become four for the night. Uh, social media changes so much regarding licenses and what can be shared or what permissions are given by us to the service provider, i.e. Facebook. How worried are you all about this? None of us read the small print after all. Mm. So how worried are I'd, we? Um, we were talking about this before, um, but I'll bring it in here. We watched The Social Dilemma. Yeah. And I think that it's a bit like a driving test for people who drive. If you're willing to be on social media, I'd say go watch The Social Dilemma. Not because you shouldn't be on social media, but because I think you should watch it and be aware of what you're on yeah. um, so that you can do it consciously, um, be equipped for it and just be aware of what's going on. Um, well, what do you think's going on? <laughs> Basically, yeah, I'd just say watch, watch, watch the social dynamic. There is so much going on. There is so much going on. Basically, just to give you a bit of a, a background on, on the, the documentary, it's on Netflix, if, you, if anybody's got Netflix, and you can, you can watch it on there uh, legally if you've got a subscription. Um, <laughs> but yeah, basically, it's all people who have um, been part of these big organisations like Google and Facebook and Pinterest and Twitter and all this, and they've, they've either moved on into different jobs or they have stopped working for these companies because of ethical issues that they felt. Some of them put forward these ethical issues and nothing happened. And I think to go through everything on that would take forever. Just go and watch the film. Mm -hmm. um, but just, I think, go on. I was just gonna say, just to touch on um, Kath Bogle's comment, it was an interesting observation that um, we're called users of social media. So we're not actually the customer. The customer is the advertising mm. companies. Um, so they're who they're working for. We're the users. And the only other time that we're called users is if we're a drug addict. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's telling. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would want to say that in all of these things, there is good and bad. That's what we need yeah, to... And, yeah, and, yeah, and to get overly frightened of the internet or... It is unhelpful, but to be aware of where we are weak. And I think these things have... Internet's the current thing, social media's the current thing. The power of advertising to manipulate, you go back 100 years on yeah. cigarettes or yeah, alcohol yeah. or whatever, we just got to be aware how people... They don't spend, what was it, 3.6 billion? They don't spend that if they don't know it works. Mm -hmm. So they know they can influence us. Just as the billboard influences, yeah, just yeah, as yeah. the flyer through the door, just as Caxton with his print... 400 years ago, things influence us. And we've all got to be aware of checking what influences us. Yeah. And I don't think if you come off social media or come off the internet, you're protected. Uh, you're just, you know, the, the world, that's the way the world is. People are trying to change us, either for money or for political reasons. This is the current medium. We've just, we've got to be aware, but I, I don't think people should be overly frightened. I had a bizarre experience yesterday. I listened to a lot of podcasts. I don't know whether that counts as social media. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll let you have that. So yeah. I listened to a podcast that I listen to all the time, which is in the top 10 of national UK podcasts. It's one of the real big ones. And they have a little advert break in the middle, and the advert was for something in Sutton Coalfield. Gosh. Because they've worked out mm. my location, yeah, yeah. and they've changed that podcast mm. for me. Mm. Yeah. Now, part of me goes, whoa, that's scary. 
And another part goes, okay, that's the way it is. I'm still not going to go into that shop. I'm not going to, it doesn't, as long yeah. as I know what's going on and I know that that isn't God speaking that I should go to that shop. The amount of information that people have about you. So they know your location. So if you yep. look at Amazon, we talked about this before we, we, we started yep. tonight. Yeah. They know what you're going to buy. They know everything about you. Yep. They will put an advert on a website that has nothing to do with them about the thing that they think they are going to tempt you to buy. Yeah. So we do talk about, you know, these things having influence for years. I think it's more targeted. I think it's harder to get away from it. But I'm not sure it's the advertising that's the huge issue with social media. Yeah, I, I would say go watch the social network because it's not all negative. Yeah. And it no, gives some good advice on how to limit yeah. Um, yeah. the the amount yeah. that it knows what you yeah, it's, it's, are yeah. doing and stuff. But I think going back to so where, where we grew up, my parents were basically on call 24-7. Um, and the only way that they got a break, um, so people would come calling to go to hospital sick, all that kind of thing. My dad had to drive them, all, all kinds of different things. Only way they got a break was to go away. And for me, I think social media is, is, is a thing that we are all on call for 24-7 mm. unless we choose to remove ourselves. Yeah. And I think that it's, a, it's, for me personally, it's a really helpful thing. I think social media is great. I've said all the things I mm. think are good. But I still take a day each week where I go off it. Mm. I, in the evenings, quite often will turn my phone off and go in the bath and read a book mm. <laughs> um, for a few hours or whatever. Well, mm. you know, I'll just... You just got to have li like with everything in life. You've got to have limits. Yeah, I, I, I think I just want to say I don't think we should be frightened of people knowing where we are and what we're doing. Yeah. I really don't think we should be frightened of it because society's always done. You go back a hundred years ago, people knew who lived in what street. They knew everybody's business. That's the way community I'm not works. About people knowing if where Google I knows am. where yeah, I've yeah, gone no, for a drive, well, I don't think that matters. No, Once no, no, we all get no. the vaccine, they'll know where we are the whole time. It's well, joke, 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 well, joke, you, yeah, it's not. Joke. That's the point, isn't it? That, that actually, the phone knows far more about us absolutely. than any vaccine yeah, exactly. will ever know. And I don't think it really matters. Yeah. I don't think people should be afraid that Google knows where I've drove, unless no. I'm doing something and going somewhere I shouldn't be going. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think for me on that, the question that I had for myself after going back and forth over all this and watching this documentary yesterday was how much am I letting, personally for me as a Christian, these things speak into and direct my life yeah. over how much am I letting God be involved in my life. So yes, reading really. scripture and spending time with him and talking to him about these things and just everything that goes on in my life. Because uh, it doesn't bother me that a computer somewhere knows where I am or no. what I'm purchasing or what mm -hmm. I'm doing. It does bother me that if I choose to spend four hours on that social media that day, that my mind is more full with those adverts and those things and those videos and they're kind of the way they're trying to push me to buy those things and to look at that stuff speaks into my life yeah. more than more than the other things. That's I think that's right. and that's a personal choice for me yeah. that I need to make. And again, stress like some people make that decision better than others. Some people make mm. that decision better than I do. Mm. But it's that that bothers me more. But that's a decision that I make to have yeah. a break, like Deb was saying, yeah. to come yeah. off of it and to, to do things which stop me from being contacted by it all the time or notified yeah. and all those types of things. I think that's really healthy. I think we can get sucked into it. First thing in the morning, I look at it. Before I go to bed, look at it. Yeah. I'm a bit bored. I'll, I'll check it out. But it is checking yourself, isn't yeah. it? It's, what is the priority in my life? What is it that I want to fill my mind and to drive me? And this idea of switching it off for a day, of saying, I'm going to have a day mm. of rest, or, or I'm going to go in the bath, and, I, uh, and I'm going to do whatever, but I'm choosing 
not to. Mm. And for some people, it might be that they need to, I just need to stay away from it for a month, like Kath said. Other people, it might just be, oh, I recognise I'm, I'm on this a little bit too much. I just need to keep a check on that. I, I just need to look at how I can do it less. So it's not all or nothing. It's trying to work out, like, what works for me? Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because there's lots of good things. But actually, it can't be the thing that guides and, and is at the centre of our lives. So we've got loads of positives, lots of negatives as well with this. Uh, Deb, just talk to us about ways that is really unhelpful to share our faith on Facebook or um, on any social media, not yeah, just Facebook. Yeah, so I think I talked about the positives and it, it can kind of mirror those in, in a sense. Um, so I think, um, I'm just trying to think where to start. Uh, Treating people unlovingly. So as a Christian, the first commandment, Jesus said, love God and love mm. your neighbor as yourself. And so for me, how would I want to be treated? I don't mm. want to be hounded. I don't want to be victimized. I don't mm. want to be vilified. Um, and so I might disagree with someone, but I would want to treat them lovingly. So I would want to be made accountable if I put mm. something that was wrong, but I wouldn't want to be hounded down and made to look like some evil person, I would rather that person did it in a loving way. Um, okay, I'll pick up on that because um, when we were talking about the free school meals, uh, talking about getting in touch with our local MP and, and just saying, what's happening? What are we doing? You put something really helpful out on, on social media, just encouraging people to get in touch with our MP with a different mindset. Talk about... Talk about that. Yes, uh, for me, there's a human at the end of whatever email or post or whatever or comment that I put. There's a human at the other end. Um, so how would I talk to them in person? Um, but also, I always think when it comes to um, talking to someone about something that's difficult or, or, you know, talking to an MP about something that I, I disagree with, for mm -hmm. example... Um, I would rather find a way of talking one-on-one -on -one mm. with them. So when, when someone puts a post or a story or whatever it might be, and I disagree or I feel like it's somehow um, harmful or inaccurate or whatever it might be, I would always send a private message. I wouldn't comment on the post because, again, like I said, it just starts arguments and debates and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and if I can talk in person to them, even better. I find it quite hurtful when, when um, it's someone that I see in person and they have a go at me on, on social media because I just feel like, well, you could talk to me in person. I'm quite mm. happy to talk to you. Yeah. Um, and I just there's real value in person-to-person in -person mm. contact. I think social media is great for all kinds of things. But if you can, well, like, I really appreciate it when people from church get in touch with me about something I've done or spoken or whatever via a private message or an email or something like that because I, I, want, I want feedback. Yeah. But I don't really want it broadcast to the whole world to decide mm. whether that feedback's accurate or not. Mm. Um, so for me, being loving is really important. Um, and also not portraying ourselves as the expert yeah. um, because I don't think anyone knows everything. Well, I know that not, no one knows everything. Um, and also um, a huge one for me is hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. So for me... It, on social media and off social media have to line up, but also my post today has to line up with my post tomorrow or my story has to line up with the next story. So I can't be saying, um, you know, well, for example, I, uh, creation care. So it, I really try um, 
to grow better, but I know that I fail. And that's partly why I acknowledge that I'm not perfect in this area, because I know that it's an area where, in, to some extent, I am hypocritical, but I would want to limit that. So I wouldn't be portraying some image of me, I don't know, I, I'm trying to think of an example, but like, or for example, um, when I was single, let's say, you know, saying on one thing, advertising a talk on Christian purity or something, and then on the next one, having me half naked with, you know, it, it's whether things line up, that's mm -hmm. a random example, but like, mm -hmm. You'd, you'd want things to line up with each other, and I think hypocrisy is something that really mm. puts people off. Okay, so let's pick up on that, Sam. I've got a question for you. Mm. I struggle with this, and, and so I, I do nothing. Is it okay for a Christian to like or to um, write something that has a swear word or to like a meme or a joke or a picture that's crude, rude, or inappropriate? Because sometimes they're wrong, but they're funny. And I, I don't <laughs> like them because I think, what will people think of me? Even if there's a swear word in there. Yeah, what do yeah, you think? Yeah. I think, well, I'd be lying to you if I, if I said to you that over the dinner table that I wouldn't have shared a joke like that or a meme like that <laughs> with my family or, you know what I mean? And I think there is things that I would say around the dinner table that I know that those people would take it the way that it would be yeah. taken and would know, they know me. Yeah. They know what I'm like and what I'm about. I think this, there's a deeper element to this question in terms of swear words and what we all think is appropriate. You know, the Bible talks about things being lawful, but not everything's necessarily helpful. And I definitely go back to like, you know, we have a choice to behave however we, however we like, but not everything is helpful for us and not everything is helpful for everybody else. And we all have our own struggles. Mm -hmm. We all have our own things that we struggle with. But I think the more and more I've sort of, being a Christian, I think language and the way that we speak is really important. Mm. And I think the things that we say and the way that we talk is really, really important. And again, there's a, there's a, a separate conversation probably to be had about swear words and what words are appropriate and what words aren't. But I think it goes back again to talking, what we were talking about right at the beginning. What would Jesus do? If we're to be mm. an ambassador, mm. you know, of, um, of Jesus... I, I was kind of thinking about what's it like to be an ambassador of a company. I was thinking, you know, that I watch a lot of golf and there's a chap just at the moment who has been heard on camera using um, a homophobic slur. Um, he was picked up using language, uh, what they considered to be uh, not great language. And um, he's been dropped by two of his... his um, the companies that sponsor him. He was ambassadors for those companies and he behaved in a way which wasn't good, which was mm -hmm. hurtful to a huge amount of people live on television. And they dropped him for that because they felt like he wasn't an ambassador for the company anymore. So the question that I would say is what to you and what does the Bible say? Mm -hmm. Does it mean to be an ambassador for Jesus? Mm -hmm. And is condoning foul language and bad jokes, tasteless jokes, mm -hmm. um, something which helps other people grow and, and mm -hmm. glorify God in their own lives? I think you have to check it and ask yourself that question mm. um, before you post stuff. Yeah, I, there's obviously like lots of people have all sorts of different amounts of followers, but just the idea that would you share something that you would share with three or four people that know you very well with something that 600 people could see um, and all take all sorts of different ways. Um, I always think, would I say it in church? Would mm. I show it in church yeah. in front of all those yeah, people? Yeah, yeah. Uh, would I want them to know that I find that funny? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I just think that's just not helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think one of the things that's funny for me is that, um, so 
I write quite a bit of stuff that goes on our YouTube channel, descriptions of videos and whatever. Um, and you two are also the administrators of the YouTube channel. So nothing I can post, you couldn't change or say that. <laughs> you don't say that. Mm. And I actually think that's a really helpful yeah, thing yeah. for me. The, but the, the thing that's funny about it is that, that, that if I watch another YouTube video, it, if I haven't changed it to Donald, it looks like Sutton Coldfield Baptist Church is watching that video. <laughs> yes. Yes. So then Sutton Coldfield Baptist Church yes. gets recommended yes. with yes. loads of videos about Cambridge United. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I don't because, watch them. <laughs> but that yeah. is also a really helpful thing because yeah. I have to yeah, think, yeah. hang on, but if Absolutely. I am watching this and if I haven't mm. changed it to Donald, mm. and to be honest, 90% of the time I forget. Mm. So 90%, everybody else can say, somebody from one of the administrators of Southern <laughs> Baptist is watching Cambridge United. <laughs> but it's actually quite a helpful thing that stops me yeah. watching rubbish. Yeah. Sam said, we were talking about something this week and Sam said something that I think I would have found helpful had I been told, I don't know, 15 years ago, um, which was, is everything I'm posting now, would I be happy that being there in 10 years' time? Will mm. I have wanted to have said that? Which is why I check myself before I say it. Yeah. I do think there's a flip side that is if you overthink everything, you end up posting nothing yeah, at all. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Not that there's a huge problem in that. Some people don't post anything yeah. at all. But I find it helpful to post something. So if I, if I thought about everyone and all of their weaknesses and their struggles and their issues and whatever, I wouldn't post mm anything, nothing yeah. with my kids, nothing mm. with me doing silly things, um, none of my um, deeper stuff. I wouldn't post any of that. And so there is, it, there does have to be a balance, I think. Mm. If you're going to interact on social media, you have to come to a point where you're happy to, I mean, like Donald says, it opens you up for accusation, but mm. can you deal with that or not? And if you can't, then it's better to stay off um, because you, there's always some people who are unhappy with. Yeah. And I think on that, with the looking back in 10 years, if it's because your opinion on something has changed or you're, you've new information has come to light or something and you feel differently about that topic or that issue or that thing, that's fine. Mm. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think, you know, our feelings change towards things. We learn new things. Mm. We'd, our lives change. But if you look back on it and it's because I really wish I hadn't said that to that person or I really wish I hadn't used that word or mm. I really wish I hadn't posted that picture or that joke, that's more kind of what it's like. And I... Always remember, a fellow youth worker, friend of mine, he was speaking at a youth weekend away um, with 100 or so of his young people. And the first thing he did was he got up on stage. They were talking about um, social media and, and, and different things that weekend and just our identity and who we are. And he stood up there and he said, oh, by the way, we've, we've all, um, some of the leaders here have gone through all of your social media accounts and we've pulled up posts from the last sort of three or four, year, three or four years ago and different things, and we're just going to put a slideshow on now. Obviously, he, was, he wasn't telling the truth, <laughs> and he, he wasn't, and, he, and basically let it settle for a bit. And then he said, you know, we're joking, but how do you feel? Mm. How do you feel mm. about the fact that I've said that? And they all admitted afterwards to saying, you know, I felt really worried. Mm. And I think if we ask ourselves that question, if somebody would go back through our newsfeed mm. and look at all of our past stuff, how would we feel? Would we, would we feel really worried about the prospect? And for me, to be honest, my Facebook, I know that if I went back to when I was a teenager, there would be some things on there that I would not, I'm happy to admit this, would not be proud mm. of. So now I really do really think hard before I post something. Mm. 
I really think, is this going to be helpful? And, and just touching on something that Deb said about discussing things, I would go a step further than that. I wouldn't discuss anything with somebody on Facebook or social media that is a, an emotional, heated topic. And that's personally for me, mm -hmm. from what I can handle and what I can deal with. I would say the main worry for that for me is that I say something that I don't mean it to come out that way or I, or I type something and I don't mean And I know that I do that in conversations. I say things to people that I don't mean to come out quite that kind of abruptly or whatever. It's a lot easier in a conversation or for a one, even over a phone call or a Zoom call, it's a lot easier for me to see that that person's probably been taken aback by that and so I'm sorry I didn't mean it in that mm. way. That's really difficult mm. on social media. And for me personally, who struggles with that type of thing, I make the decision not to engage in any debates yeah. because I just it, they get too emotional. And I know that I'm going to say something most likely that will upset somebody. Mm. And I'd much rather do have that kind of back and forth in person, face to face. Mm. And I'm happy to talk to anybody about mm. any things that I post. Mm. I don't mind having a what would be a difficult conversation with somebody, but I just choose not to do it for those reasons on social media. And I mm. see it all the time. And I'm, it's one of the things which really gets my goat about social media. I mean, we have had conversations about it in our house, about the different ways that we've responded to things. But I see it all the time, Christians, non-Christians, that just talk in a way on social media to people mm. that they would never talk to them face to face. Mm. And there's a safety behind the screen you know you see trolls send horrendous things mm. to celebrities and i'm not likening that to people having arguments mm. on facebook but there's a safety mm. there that you're not going to have the backlash from yeah. the person instantly and i think if we're using that safety to say things that we wouldn't say to mm. people's faces mm. then we have to question that and ask ourselves mm. if that's the right thing to be doing can i, I can i lob a hand grenade in yes so this thing about not saying something you, that you would 10 years that wouldn't regret mm. I think that's really, really helpful. But I also think there is nothing I wore or said or looked like or believed in when I was 13 that I would have stood by when I was 23. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think 13-year-olds are capable of understanding yeah. that. So I would say as a parent, if you can delay your kids getting Absolutely. on Facebook for as long as possible and protect them because yeah. there is no 13-year-old who will be happy with what they put on when they are 23. Totally agree. So we've got to find ways to protect our kids from this. And now I know that sometimes it's the, gate, the horse is out of the stable. So how you help your child. And I just think delay, 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 delay. Just put it off, put it off, put it off. Supervise, supervise, supervise. Obviously, by the time they get to 18, you can't be doing it. Mm. But if you can even stop a somebody at 13 not going on till they're 14, or somebody at 14 not being completely unsupervised till they're 15, however hard that battle is, I promise you, when they are 23, 24, 25, they will thank you for it. Yeah. I think, I was going to say when I introduced myself and said what I was on, that a really helpful thing, looking back now, I went to boarding school and the computers at school you couldn't get on. Mm. Um, things like MSN Messenger or <laughs> MySpace or whatever it was at that point. And... I actually think that was a really good thing. So yeah. I didn't get on to social media until I went to uni. And, yeah, and Facebook uni. started. <laughs> Facebook started. Yeah, I mean, uni wasn't great. It, it was a learning ground. Um, but I think I was, I was able to deal yeah. with it then. Yeah, I, agree. I was able to deal with the backlash and everything, whereas I'm not sure. I think I'd probably have a very different relationship with social media if I'd been yeah. on it mm. earlier. Yeah. I think what Donald and Deborah said is really, really important. Sorry, just to say yeah. one more thing. I think 
when I was when I was doing my theology degree at Bible College, we did a lot on sort of because it was youth focused. We did a lot on human development, and particularly girls develop mentally earlier than boys and boys develop but it happens in that kind of 12 13 14 where they really start trying to figure out who they are what they believe in those types of things so it's a critical age to to for them to learn and to to, to get good information um you know provided to them but for the other side of stuff with social media it's also an age where all sorts of negative feelings and all that sort of stuff can come in. And it's a really, really important, that kind of 12 to 16. And I think most social medias are around 16 where they let people on. And one of the things on the social dilemma, which I will just pick up on, because I do think it's worth mentioning, is the, in terms of mental health, particularly in teenage girls, from when um, social media was available on mobile devices, the rates of self-harm, mental um, illness in young teenagers and suicide rates skyrocketed. Because and they were exposed so much earlier. Because they were exposed so yeah. much younger, so much earlier. And the constant looking at me and knowing what people are th- knowing people knowing what I'm doing and feeling like people are judging me, it can't be handled at a young age like yeah. that. And, the and numbers I think it's really important to know that. The numbers of operations... Uh, plastic surgery happening on on yeah. teenagers. Um, they have a specific name for it. I can't remember what it is, but it's so that they can look like what they look like with a certain filter. With a filter on, on yeah. That's um, ridiculous. Has skyrocketed because they get more likes when they put that filter on, and the whole likes thing and the mental health relationship with it is very linked. Um, but yeah, I've got, I've got so a message okay. in here from a teacher, primary mm. school teacher. Absolutely agree with children not getting involved. It's massive. The majority of my class at 11 are on social media and trying to have these conversations with them about how they need to know what they're doing or the impact they have. They are too young to understand mm. the dangers until the damage is done. Yeah. But someone else has just asked a question. I know we're well over time, but this is really interesting. Uh, just a question about, um, do you think it's better if parents don't have social media so the child will not have social media? I don't think it works like that. is all I'd say Mm. Um, I mean maybe you might I think it's the conversations you have is far more important Mm. I don't know yeah as someone who who didn't have social media I don't think that makes a difference I think the more helpful thing is be a friend on that site (laughs) don't let your child have a site that you can't see Mm. oh so be able to see what they're doing yeah so and that's a bit like me with the YouTube channel you're always seeing what I'm posting Mm. I think as a parent you have to say look if I'm if I'm going to buy you this phone because you're paying for it or I'm going to pay for this uh, um, amount of um, media, uh, what's the mm. word I'm looking for? I'm paying for the, the, the uh, data. data. Data, that's the word I was looking for. Uh, this is the condition. I will see everything you post. That primary school teacher has said it's not about the parents, it's the kids that are desperate to conform. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's something that I just wanted to touch on. Again, just from a comment that came in earlier, a question that came in earlier, I think from Kath, talking about coming off it and going back onto it. I, I made a decision, and I think this is the thing, the kids, like uh, this primary school teacher's talking about, feel the need to conform. I have to be on mm. this. And that was the lie, I think, that was fed to me mm. for a long time. I have to be on this because it, was a, it became a point in my life where it was a trade-off with my mental health. Mm. Is coming off this going to damage my life more 
than staying on it and dealing with the mental health issues as a result. I made the decision to come off of it because I made the decision that the, the damage would be less in my life if I came off of it. Now, for me personally, um, and the one thing I will say about the social dilemma as well, I watched, we watched the film the other night, the documentary, and after we watched it, I felt quite anxious. And I will just say that as a proviso for anybody that does have anxiety. I think it's really worth watching if you can deal with feeling perhaps if that type of thing makes you feel anxious. It just drove home to me that it was and, and has been social media that contributes to my anxiety mm -hmm. because a lot of the stuff that was said on there just made me feel quite... But um, it's a it was a trade-off for me. Am I going to, you know, accept the fact that I might not see things straight away? You know, as it was, about six weeks after coming off, a friend of mine had a baby and I didn't see it because it was only on Facebook. And I messaged them and then they, I said, oh, like we were talking, they said they were surprised that I didn't know basically because I hadn't been on Facebook. So it's little things like that mm. that I was like, I'm going to miss out on things like that. I'm not going to see stuff. But I do predominantly think that the idea that you have to be on it is a lie. Mm. It's not true. Mm. You can live your life in, an, in, a, in a way that still has relationships with people. And we've talked about the pros that we've had all over the last year. You know, we've not been able to see each other socially. But you can live your life not on it mm -hmm. if it is contributing to your mental health. And for, and for a lot of people, I know that it does. So for me, I felt far less anxious, particularly Facebook was an issue for me and, and others aren't. And it's not to say that everything will be, will be the same. But it is a trade-off. And personally for me, I can say that having done it, my life feels in a lot better place now than it was. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just that kind of... That yeah. trade-off. I have no sense I've missed out. I mm. have no sense. I think the feeling of missing out is a real 21st century problem for humanity. Mm. That we are bombarded with so many options and so many choices yeah. that it becomes overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we come paralysed in the headlights that I'm not doing all the great things I could be doing. It's much easier to not know about the rubbish. And, uh, you know, everybody may look at my life and say, well, I wouldn't want to be like him, but that's absolutely fine. But I can tell you, I have never for a moment thought I wish I was on social media. I just, I'm perfectly happy without it. Yeah. I think it's a lot harder if you've been on it to then yes, come I'm off sure it. it. Yeah, it, is, um, it is I mean, a bit like drugs, it's a lot harder to come off something. But with the whole children's thing, one thing that was really helpful for me from a very early age, and it is partly because of what my parents are like, but... I came home crying from school one day because I said some child had said that I wasn't normal. <laughs> and, uh, and my mum and dad just looked at me. They just laughed at me for a start. Sorry. And then they said, look at your mum, look at your dad, <laughs> look at your granddads, look at your grandmothers. Do you expect to be normal? And then they said, and this is a bit that I think is really helpful, they said, why would you want to be normal? Yeah. And ever since then, I've never wanted to be normal. <laughs> and so I think if you can... The parents can be really helpful. The conversations yeah. you have Absolutely. and what you portray yeah. and what your aim is and what you want to be, um, can, it can be really helpful from a very early age. I think yeah. I was about five when that happened. Mm. <laughs> You're still not normal. Just to say, <laughs> we are going to finish now and I'm going to give you each an opportunity. If there's one short thing you want to say as we close that we've not covered yet, do say it. But Sam, you've done um, some devotionals on this whole thing of finding peace. And one of them you've yeah. talked about coming off Facebook. Yeah. And you can find those on our YouTube channel. You've done three so far. Yeah, Is yeah, there another yeah. one on yeah. the way? Yeah, there's another one. Yeah, there's another. I think there's another like three. It's Excellent. just it's just like little things basically which help 
us experience the peace of God. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that I've noticed through doing them is there are things that get in the way, yeah. which mean that God's peace struggles to yeah. fit in. <laughs> and I think um, we are talking a little bit before this, I think just, just about the amount that I let things speak into my life over, over God and, and, and other things and just making that conscious effort mm. to really make sure that, that God and scripture and, and just, yeah, spending time with him is what's speaking into my life. Mm. So that's, they're just, some of them are slightly longer than others. The last one that I did this Monday was slightly shorter. So yeah. They're, they're great. I'd recommend mm. them. I've seen them all. Uh, just really, really helpful. If you go to our YouTube channel and they're out every Monday as well. Monday is your, your devotional slot at, at the moment. moment. Yeah. Okay, Donald, anything you want to say that you've not yet said? I think these guys have spoken brilliantly. I, yes. I, I, I wouldn't, feel I need to add I think you've got to work out your own what's right for you and these yep. guys have done it brilliantly you have done brilliantly anything you want to finally say I'd say it brings me a lot of joy yeah but mm. um real life brings me even more joy as in life off the screen and real life mm. feeds into what I post mm. on the screen so That's real good. life is so important um and it has and because of that, the boundary, setting limits on your phone, on the amount of time yeah. you spend on social media, um, having set times where you don't go on it and other people know that you don't go on it, um, all of that make it all the more a good thing. Yeah, Yeah, and I, I would just say, from personal experience, and again, like the guys have said, it's personal experience, everybody's experience is different with these things, but I think for me, what really helped me is having a really long, hard think is this helping me? Yeah. Is this something which is making me, for me as a Christian, grow closer to God, be a better person, love people better? Is this really doing this for me? Mm. And on the mental health side of things, which I've struggled with, you know, for most of my life, is this contributing to my mental health? And if it is, do I really need it in mm. my life? Can I get rid of it completely? Mm. Can I take a little bit of time mm. to just have a break? Can I get accountability, which is another thing that we've talked about, where people speak into my life and give me helpful advice. But just having, sitting down and really thinking, um, and that self-awareness of being aware of what leads us down different paths and what makes us feel different ways and what contributes to certain things and doesn't, has just really, really helped me mm -hmm. over the last few years. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't, don't believe the lie that you need all this stuff. Yeah. Because absolutely. you don't. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brilliant. Can we say a huge thank you to Sam and Deb? You've been absolutely amazing. It's been wonderful to have you with us. See you later. Goodbye and thank you. Cheerio. Cheerio.